Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leela McRae. Joe, I love this time of the year when we get all these high school basketball tournaments going, especially in the winter when you have actual tournaments and not, you know, the weekly playoffs. Uh, but every different sport, just the, the quick turnaround on these playoffs and basketball. We had some games Friday night where we did see – uh, Fort Defiance able to advance, but that run ends tonight as they fall in their conference tournament, uh, the region tournament, region tournament, excuse me, to Spotswood. Wilson also lost in that region 3C tournament to Rustburg, a home game. Uh, you know, Finn Irving, two-time district player of the year, uh, wasn't able to keep his team going in the 3C along with others. Um, so we are down to Stanton and 3C, who did win tonight against Heritage, 70-55. to 55. It's Tuesday night we're recording. And uh, them and Buffalo Gap appear to be our lone teams left. Uh, I haven't seen an official score in Stewart's draft, but maybe some assumptions there. But Stanton, I think that's uh, a team we're riding here, and uh, that means they'll advance. They're going to host on um, Thursday night. They will host Charlottesville, who beat Fluvanna tonight. Uh, so that's a classic old game. There's there's going to be some old guys telling some stories about that one. So Thursday night semifinal for Region 3C, Stanton versus Charlottesville. Winner of that one will go on to face either number one, Spotswood, or number five, Rustburg. Um, so, yeah, Stanton, Terrell, keeping us alive, coach of the year in the district, and uh, try to be coach of the year in the region. Yeah, and I think Coach Mickens has a great opportunity to do that because I don't think yeah. that the rest of this region outside of Spotswood uh, is going to be able to put up much of a fight. In fact, Fluvanna, who was maybe a team that could give Stanton some trouble, I didn't think they were going to anyway. Um, and then you kind of saw why tonight with Charlottesville knocking them out. I think Stanton takes care of Charlottesville easily. And then it's going to be Spotswood waiting for them in that region championship. And win or lose, Stanton goes to the state. I actually give Stanton a great chance to beat Spotswood and win the region outright. Uh, and But we'll see when they play on Saturday. Uh, but again, I, I just, I know you were talking about, you know, some old heads might be talking about old rivalries with Stanton and Charlottesville and all that. And that's, that's fine. They can talk about the old rivalries. Uh, the 2023 edition is going to be Stanton and it's going to be Stanton by a lot. Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that Stanton Spotswood matchup. I think we did some measuring stick games earlier in the year with other like Wilson playing Spotswood and stuff. And, you know, I give Stanton a good chance in that game. So I'm, I'm looking forward if that game comes about, that'll be a big one. That'll be a packed gym up there in Penn Laird. If that happens, uh, not to play the negative side here. I'm, I'm a little disappointed in Wilson. I thought maybe well, they but could we talk about seating, right? And how important seating is and why it's important to make sure you're winning games and not dropping games. And for Wilson, right. they only lose two, right? But one was to Fort, one was to Stanton. I think if they were if they were the three seed, I think they're still alive. We're seeing a showdown. Winner goes to the state tournament, loser goes yeah. home between our two teams. Yeah. But they they lost two district games and they got the bottom of the seeds between them and Stanton and look I, and also for Wilson, they had some big games out of district that they didn't win. That's right. not saying that they weren't good because they didn't win those games. Cause those are good teams, but that's a, that's they a good, that's a good a way to games, but yeah, but if you win up. them, you get power points and you move up and right. you're not the four seed going up against a tough five seed. This is a tough yeah, reach in basketball. I thought they were going to advance. So I was a little disappointed in that, but uh, we'll see what they got next year. Finn Irving's been a heck of a player for oh, them. Yeah. He's had a heck of a career there. 
Uh, so that's why I brought his name up. I, I think I brought it up on the negative side, and it didn't mean to. He's been a heck of a player, a heck of a run. He deserves positive attention for what he's done for that program. Uh, two years player of the year in the Shenandoah district is absolutely saying something with the amount of, you know, star players that come through this district. We got a lot of talent playing in a lot of places at the next level. And here's Finn Irvin, the top amongst all of them. So that's, that's very impressive. Um, looking at 2B, not much to say because the Bull Run district, uh, you know, dominated there. That's the final yeah, four there. It's uh, just the Bull Run district. Like I said, I hadn't seen a score again. come out of Stewart's Craft but I saw an indicator that they lost. So I'm just based off that. One thing I like about 2B, they're going to play that championship game at Shenandoah University. I loved when I was coming through and everybody did it then. You had the neutral site for the tournament, and I know it's gotten pared down way beyond where it was all you know higher seeds at some point. At least now, maybe going back to at least a championship game at a neutral site. I like that. I'd love to see more you know neutral site semifinals, even the entire tournaments. Um. Region 1B, that's where I wanted to get to. Buffalo Gap's still alive because they had the bye. Um, they play on third. No, they won. Sorry, the yeah, girls they did not on the have bye. A bye. Yeah. They will beat William Campbell. Uh, I watched that game. I, I didn't even know what I watched. I watched them play that William Campbell game. They won that by 20, a couple. Uh, I don't even think the score was that close. I really liked Gap's approach in that game. But – Again, seeding, they wind up that four seed. They couldn't get up to that three seed, and now they got to play the number one seed with a state berth on the line. And this is the game they were hoping to maybe have in the semi, or, you know, in the championship instead of the semifinal. So all the pressure's on immediately. That game will happen Wednesday night at Franklin. So Gap's got to go down there as well. Um, I'm hoping the best for the Bison. It's going to be tough. I mean, that's obviously the number one seed. It's going to be their toughest game. I, I wish I would hey, I would absolutely take Buffalo Gap against Alta Vista or Carver Academy, but uh, against Franklin, I have a little more worry. Yeah, and for Buffalo Gap, again, the reason they are the four seed is what we've touched on, right? Same thing. Um, early season losses for them. Early season losses, but also just inconsistency down the stretch as well. I know they got on that winning streak toward the end a little bit, but yeah. it's just they're not as consistent as we had hoped. And right. I, I think that was my concern with Buffalo gap. I know you're higher. Um, I have been, I don't like this matchup. You like, well, and your role on the podcast is to be the guy who's saying that our teams are going to win all the games. And that is my role. <laughs> Augusta County is going to win a state championship in every single sport. But um, <laughs> being the realist, I am. That was my concern. I said, I don't think Buffalo gap is going to get to a state tournament. And uh, they're going to have to beat a really good Franklin team now in the semifinals to get there. Yeah. I still don't think they will, but I hope they do. Yeah, I hope they do. So moving over to the girls' side, uh, we're down to one team left, and that is Buffalo Gap, and they haven't even played in the postseason yet. They're sitting there waiting on their Thursday game. They're waiting on the winner of uh, down in 1B, the William Campbell-Surrey game that did happen tonight. We have not heard any scores. That's two teams I traditionally have a problem getting scores for, in, even in football season. So we'll wait to see what that matchup is, but we'll look forward to that game. And, you know, there they are in the semifinals. If they win that game, they'll punch a ticket to States. Cumberland's the one seed. You'd assume that they're, they'll have a championship game against them on Saturday night if they're able to win. Um and I say I say it that way because I just don't I don't think William Campbell or Surrey County is going to beat Buffalo Gap. The way they have been playing has been so impressive. They've been on a heck of a run. They're playing the type of basketball that we thought they could do all year, you know. And 
we were down on them earlier, surprising that they're losing. Well, they they had the injuries and everything. They're still 15 and four, you know, yeah. like we're, we were down on them and saying they're underachieving. They're one game out of being, you know, tied for first place with the other first place teams and they're 15 and four overall. So they, they are good. And so I'm very confident in their ability to at least punch the ticket to state, if not win that region again. Yeah, I think it really it comes down to health. If they're healthy, I think they win that region. No problems. If, right. if they're dinged up, then maybe there's some issues there that they got to work on. And maybe they still win the region. Maybe they don't. But I do think, healthy or not, I would be surprised if this team is not in the region championship on Saturday. I agree. Thus punching their ticket to, to a be- state tournament. To be, we do know uh, Stewart's draft did lose there, so that was the only two be represented. We had local. Uh, I know a lot of of the again the bull run teams representing there. Um, but moving up to three C, we did uh, we lost Fort Defiance at the end of last week to Broadway. They lost a home game. Broadway then fell um, tonight to LCA. We also lost Wilson Memorial. Uh, they hosted uh, Brookville on Friday, getting the win. That's how they got into this game against Spotswood tonight. Um, but didn't have a good night against Spotswood. And Spotswood's really good. I mean, that's just a heck of a program. Um, and, you know, that's the level that Wilson wants to be playing at. But uh, Spotswood just kind of proved their dominance here tonight. Yeah, I was going to say, when you said they didn't have a good night against Spotswood, that's a theme for a lot of teams. Yeah, Spotswood kind of does that to yeah. everybody, especially in the Shenandoah Valley. Um, so Spotswood's got, you know, D1 basketball players on their team. So it's not right. stunning to see that game go the way it did. Uh, still... Wilson Memorial share the Shenandoah district championship this year. Um, did what they needed to do. I think they yeah, won it. They, 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 they won it outright. Sorry. I was thinking of the, they yeah. tied, they tied the Shenandoah district. Right. The girls did. They're both 10 and two. And then okay. it's shared now. They used to play it out. They used to have I a playoff. Like but I think Just play it out. The Shenandoah only had the one representative. Now yeah. we don't have to worry about that, which is better. It's better this way. No, it's not play um, it out. I don't like sharing district titles. I don't like the extra playoff game. For I do barely any reason. Put them both in there and let them play the tournament. I no. I don't like shared titles. I really don't like shared coach of the year. And oh, uh, I agree that with comes, that too. That comes up here with the district voting. Um, not for player of the year. That was CC Robinson as Petrakite called her a double, double machine. Absolutely deserving. Wilson's coach, Brian Fort's coach, Gail, both share the award for coach of the year. And that's where I have an issue. One of them is fine. Either one of them. I, 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 you know, we're only a week separated from me throwing some disagreement at one of those coaches, but if she's coach of the year, fine, <laughs> but two of like, you just can't, you can't just assign it to everybody that wins. We had this in baseball a couple of years ago where I think it was three teams shared yeah. the coach of the year award because three teams was number one, just pick one. Or look at Waynesboro's coach who, like, took a team off the bottom of the barrel and got them some wins. Maybe give her some consideration. Something. Just something. Not, not share the award. This is, why, the this is why you have the play-in or the playoff. The one-game playoff. <laughs> the winner is outright district champion yeah, and coach of the year. Done. I just wish I, w- I missed the days when there was a, comp- a district tournament anyway. So I guess uh, I, it got on my nerves when it was like a punishment to these two teams that were finishing top. This was what, four years ago uh, when the two teams that finished on top, they had to have like one extra game to decide, you know, this, who was going to, I just didn't like it. I didn't like it when one was going to be in or out, I guess you have to, but you know, and that seemed unfair when two good teams are playing, when you're getting the lesser teams from the rest of the uh, region in. But uh, I, I, it's fine. Just get them in the tournament. Let's go. 
We just need a whole district tournament, but I, I understand why we don't have that. All right, wrestling. That's where we have state champions to talk about. We expected Riverheads to perform well. They seven The last seven years, they had finished in the top three in states. They do it again. They finished second. Obviously, second to Grundy once again. About a 60-point gap there on team scores. But Riverheads does come away with three state championships individually. Jake Yole at 126. Cody Cash at 165. Luke Bryant at 190. All three of those guys get the state championship. There was a couple second-place finishes in those in those championship matches on Saturday night. Ethan Eppert and Jax Alibal. Uh, both those guys get second. A great showing for Riverheads wrestling. Not shocking. Not what we were very surprised about. What we were kind of also hoping for was a good showing for Buffalo Gap. Not necessarily as a team as much. You know, get they had some guys going and they had some decent finishes. But really focused on Jacob Carter, what he could do. You know, finishing in the top three was kind of the expectation. But could he get that state championship? He did. And it was a real dramatic moment at the heavyweight, the 285. Um, I loved his emotion after he won. Um, respectful for the opponent, but then, you know, really celebrating with his coach, picking him up. It was really a sight to see those heavyweight matches always kind of get that top bill. that's why they save them for last. And uh, what a moment for Jacob Carter. You know, we covered him playing a lot of football. He was a playmaker on the field with his, you know, size dominance out there. It wasn't necessarily carrying the football, but he was involved in so many plays, making big tackles, making big holes. Um, really happy to see him have that success in wrestling, kind of building up to that state championship. Um, so really excited to see that four local state champions all at the class one level, really something to be proud of. Um, and yeah, it was, it was just a great weekend uh, for especially those four guys, but the Riverheads as a team. And I, and I thought Gap had a lot to be happy about from a strong program. Yeah, uh, it was a good showing. And again, congrats to Jacob Carter and, you know, the three state champions from Riverheads as well. Uh, Jake Yow, yeah. Cody Cash and Luke Bryant. But uh, it's always awesome when, it, wrestling in particular, because it's more, there is the team aspect, but there's also the individual aspect. And right. to see right. so many young men from Augusta County go down to the state tournament and do very well is impressive. Mm -hmm. And it does, uh, it is awesome to see. And of course, you know, like you said, we just want to congratulate all of them because they, they've had uh, to work really hard. I mean, it's, that's a sport that I was, being recruited for by the high school and middle school coaches, but never participated in because I didn't want to have to do all the hard work it would take to stay in a weight class. <laughs> yeah. So um, these guys not only put in that hard work, but then were able to excel and, and dominate at, at their weight classes. And for Jacob Carter, like you said, the heavyweight division, I mean, 51 and three, good gracious. Yeah. Always. Always fun to uh, catch wrestling. I did a little extra tweeting last week trying to set everybody up for wrestling because I, I get excited about that state tournament, and uh, it's fun. And, you know, I look at Grundy. I mean, they've won 20, their 26th state championship all since 1978. I mean, that's like over half of them that have been available uh, for them to win. I mean, they're just absolute dominant. Strasburg is a team at Class 2. They've won. They won again this year as a team, uh, won the state championship. That's a team that Riverheads last year had success with. And this year, just a couple weeks ago, you know, like two weeks ago, they wrestled in the same tournament as Strasburg and beat them at that. I have a lot of optimism for Riverheads' opportunities in Class 2 because they are such a dominantly good wrestling program, whoever they're faced up against. 
And the fact that they haven't won a class one state championship just reads to the strength of Grundy. I, I think they can make a lot of noise in class two. I know there's a lot of seniors on that wrestling team this year for Riverhead. So I'm not just guaranteeing next year that they go into class two winning a state championship, but I think they're going to remain very competitive there and might honestly have a better path to a state championship, not having to go up against Grundy in the wrestling. So that's something to watch out for, for the future. When we talk about Riverheads going up to class two, Fort Defiance coming down, you know, everybody has their, you know, look at how that'll happen. And I think a lot of people expect small Riverheads to, you know, get challenged more than they did in class one. And I think a lot of cases that's true. I think, um, you know, especially spring sports, that might be the case. I think in wrestling, there might be a better path for them. So I'm excited for the future Riverheads wrestling at that class two level. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, good wrestling season. Again, I apologize. Anybody tuning in here to hear about wrestling, I just, we, we do our best with what the information's given to us. Uh, even the district site didn't have a lot on wrestling this year. So we kind of had to wait till the end to talk about it. Um, but we do like wrestling here on the podcast. I miss, I miss having Tom Jacobs on every year, uh, talking wrestling. So, uh, I, we need to plug him back into, uh, <laughs> the wrestling coverage just for us. Um, but that does, uh, you know, that that's one sport ending here for the, winter i know we still have basketball going but uh spring sports got started on monday with tryouts and their first practices and i was looking at games starting around march 13th so that's something to look out for out for uh we probably won't do a big preview on spring sports until after uh, the first week of the basketball ncaa tournament but uh be looking out for that we will still be talking high school sports through the spring we look forward to that but let's jump up to the high or to the college level joe um and you know text tech <laughs> they they lose to Georgia Tech last week and then beat Pitt. They lose to the 15th ranked team in the ACC and then beat the number one team in the ACC, help help uh, UVA move into that number one spot in the ACC. And that it's just so frustrating watching these Hokies play basketball this year on the men's side because they're capable of being good, but they just can't put it together every single night. And, you know, I know tonight they're on um, playing Miami and they battled in that game. They lost that game. And that's not a, as an embarrassing of a loss by any means. I mean, Miami's a very solid team up there. Um, but it's, you know, there's lo- losses to Georgia Tech and to BC and teams like that that just drive you nuts. Yeah. And, and this is where, like, when you're, when you want to bite back at me when I say they got to win the ACC and I don't think they can. I'm done biting the bat. It's been a while since then. <laughs> yeah, but then you're like, well, you would have said the same thing last year. And the difference is we were better than this last year. They were better than this last year. And this team is a home team. This is a Castle Coliseum team. When they leave Castle Coliseum on the road, they are just one and eight this year. That is yeah, including neutral awful. site situations. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. They've they've won three neutral site games, I guess, but this team is atrocious away from home. And I, I just, I don't have confidence that this team can put it together. I, I just truly, truly don't. And that's the problem, right? I, I don't think that when they go away from castle, I know the game against Miami was close this time. I don't think that game at my on a neutral floor is going to be close against Miami. I don't think they can beat UVA on a neutral floor. I don't think they can beat Pitt, who they just beat at Castle. I don't think they can beat them on a neutral floor. They lost to Georgia Tech at Georgia Tech. I, I mean, I have no reason to think they could beat Georgia Tech on a neutral floor. Like I, This team, outside of home, outside of the Castle, is just flat not good this year. 
I I like what we've done against good teams um, at home, so I I want to give us a chance at Duke because we'll get excited for that. But I, I agree with you, the road side of that is what's going to kill us. But we played Duke Saturday night at eight o'clock. Obviously, I'll they be have watching. not lost at home this year. But then, uh, but then we got two lower ACC teams next week. But it's it's just meaningless. You you got to win the ACC tournament. So and got the win from Tuesday on in that thing to do that, and that's just near impossible. Um, UVA, they keep on winning. They had, uh, close wins though, against lower tier ACC teams against Louisville and Notre Dame way down the standings in the ACC. And I think both of them were like two point wins for UVA or something close to that. Mm -hmm. So some eyebrows raised over in Charlottesville, but wins a win and they keep moving. Um, they play Boston college this week. And then this weekend, UNC, it's an interesting night on ESPN. You got UNC UVA at six o'clock and then Virginia tech Duke. Uh, so I, I think the everybody in this area will have their TVs on and watching basketball on Saturday night to see if uh, both of our Virginia teams can go down to Tobacco Road and pick up wins. We've already trashed on Tech. You don't have to analyze that. Talk about UVA at UNC. <laughs> I think they're going to win that game. I think they will pound UNC. I think they will pound BC. I, UVA is going to win the regular season in the ACC. Yeah. Yeah, the ACC tournament will be interesting, but I think UVA is playing some pretty good basketball right now. I hate to say it as a Virginia Tech fan, but I think UVA is playing really good basketball. I think they probably win the ACC tournament as well and get the double. But I would say the biggest obstacle of that is Miami. Miami is really, really good. I like Miami a lot. I think honestly, I think Miami is one of the most underrated teams in the country. They play a really good brand of basketball. They do. They do. So uh, I guess I'll be rooting for Miami. That's, that'll sound weird. We'll deal with that when I get there. Uh, <laughs> JMU. <laughs> JMU had a solid week, beating ODU, beating Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're up to the third spot on the men's side. So got, kind of giving themselves with a good chance with positioning there. They got Marshall and Georgia State this week. It's the last week of the regular season. So, you know, a top four team in your tournament that gives yourself a chance. So uh, we'll see what they get as they set up that tournament. It'll start next Tuesday, a week from today. That'll start. So I'm I'm excited about this first run through the Sun Belt. We'll talk about the girls here in a second. Um, well, let's just go ahead and talk about it. they're number one now because that big week that we previewed them for coming up uh, for them last week, they won both those games. They beat Texas State. They beat ODU. Troy took a loss. JMU women, they're in number one spot. And so they have App State this week and Marshall. They also have the same kind of tournament schedule as the men. And they're going to, you know, they're going to be a high seed, if not number one, a uh, top two seed probably is locked in. And so I'm really excited about watching both of these JMU teams in the first Sun Belt tournament with, you know, favorable seeding. Yeah. And for JMU, the win against Louisiana on the men's side, to go back to the men's side briefly. All right. Um, I jumped around. Yep. That was a big win because yep. that was a team that was right there with them in the conference standing. So that win puts them above Louisiana. And and now with Marshall, that's a team that's right ahead of you. If you beat them, then you swept them this year. That jumps you up to the, at least the two line. Um, Yeah, this is now Southern Miss is exceptionally good this season, Um, but you get them on a neutral floor. Who knows what happens, right? So yeah, for JMU, um, they haven't had as much struggle on the road as Virginia Tech has. So I, I think JMU actually <laughs> has a chance to win the Sun Belt on a neutral floor. 
Um, and then on the women's side, like you just said, I mean, it was a great week for them. They needed that bounce back week and they got it. They've won four straight. And now all of a sudden it looks like this could be a one seed team going into the Sun Belt. And Love it. I, I would say really I, the women's tournament is more wide open than the men's tournament. I think in the men's tournament, you're probably looking at Southern Miss, Marshall, JMU, an outside shot at Louisiana. But my my concern with Louisiana is my same concern with Virginia Tech. Outside of being at home, they're not very – they're just a very average basketball team. But when you look at those top three, I think any of those top three on the men's side coming in. On the women's side, though, that piece is wide open. You have JMU, who is yeah. the best in terms of wherever the game is. But Troy is not to be messed with. Texas State, ODU is historically a great basketball program. And I watched a lot of that ODU game, and that rivalry is already there. I mean, that game was heated the entire time. I was going to say, not that these players would have any. Yeah, I was going to say, not that any of the players on the floor would be able to relate to it. But, I mean, back in the CAA days. Uh, that was a huge rivalry then, so it's it they only makes sense it. that they pick it back. They were up. feeling it on Saturday. It was it was hot. I think even though I think that's one I'd have to go back and look to be sure, but I think that's one they've kept even when ODU left the CAA. They still played every once in a while. So yeah, I think those two teams are pretty it's familiar with great, each other. It's two great women's basketball programs. In Honestly, the with the college basketball, yeah, with the college basketball we have in the state of Virginia, it it really. I know we talked about this way back, but I would love the for there to be like a tournament that they the just showcase, play yeah. early season showcase. Yeah. I'd like for it to on be the, a tournament, but sure. I would settle for a showcase on the men's side. They just announced today where um, it's like somewhat of a showcase. It's going to be hosted down in Charlotte, but UVA and tech will be, be taking on teams from down that way. Uh, I think UVA is taking on Florida and Virginia Tech's taking on South Carolina and that'll be in Charlotte early in the season next year. So that's uh, basketball, kind of a, not football. Yeah, it's basketball, but I mean, <laughs> I, I will take that as like a, you know, ESPN produced, you know, sure. early season showcase with yes, both yes. Virginia teams in there. That'll be fun for us to be talking about. I would like to see them play like the VCUs, the JMUs, the ODUs, yeah, be, yeah. but I agree. I, I'm not arguing with that. I'll take what I can get though. And when they announce something cool like that, I'll, I'll be happy. Yeah. Um, on the Virginia tech women's side, much different story. This is a team that just keeps on winning. They're 12 and four in the conference. They're listed as second in there. Um, just a lot of positive things happening for the Hokie women and coach Brooks and everything they're doing. And just absolutely the conversation I had multiple times last week, even early in the week. And then especially later in the week after they beat NC state too, you know, a hope for final four is not crazy. Like a, a national final four. Like if you're a ACC contender, especially if they're able to win it or even I mean, be in that championship game, then then looking at the final four for the big tournament is absolutely within reach. And uh, so I'm, I'm kind of amping up my expectations, which is so awesome. And then I love that it seems like Coach Brooks is getting a lot of recognition for what he's done at Virginia Tech and people remembering, you know, obviously in our area, we know what he's done. But, you know, around the country, people are being reintroduced to Coach Brooks, and they're like, oh, yeah, he was the guy that was leading JMU to all those fun seasons. So I, I'm really excited for him. And am I surprised? No, but I'm, I'm really happy to see it's here. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't wasn't thinking, you know, NCAA Final Four for any tech team in, in basketball this year, and, and here we are, and, it, and it's legit. I hmm. It's legit. Hmm. My the only reason I I have heavy hesitation on Final Four 
let me just list teams. South Carolina. It could be like a top eight seed, man. South Carolina, LSU, uh, Stanford, Maryland, Iowa. I'm ready to play Iowa. I'm, UConn. I'm ready to play Iowa. You're ready to play Iowa. I don't think you are. Indiana. I mean, these are the Big Ten. Indiana. The Big Ten is loaded. As I'm well. not eager to play South Carolina. I'll say that. <laughs> like, South that Carolina, LSU, UConn. <laughs> I mean, those are three teams right there. Okay, but it's all about the seeding. Like some of these teams are. Gonna it is all about the seeding. Yes, I agree. We're not going to have to beat four of those. We're going to have to beat one of those to get to a. Final. Yeah, it it depends on who, but you might have to play two of those. Maybe. Maybe I. I mean, we're going to be a top eight seed. So us. So thinking. I'm not saying we are going to the final four. I'm not like staying here saying, but like the hope for it is legitimate. Like it, it's not just crazy. Um, let's see how the seed gets. Let's see what seed we get when we get there. Yeah. And, we, and I'm looking at the teams we actually have to play and not just listen off South Carolina. Then yeah, let's okay. I'll, I'll be that's, that's it. fair. I, I'm looking at the women's bracketology that you're saying they're going to be a they top put us in with South Carolina. I'm going to be pissed. Top eight seed. <laughs> I, you know, they're not, they're not on the one. They're not on the one. Obviously, they're not on the two. I'm looking at the three I, lines. I'm hoping by time. I'm hoping they're at, they're at the three line. Technology to be messed with, where we might get bumped up to a two. They're at the three line. They would have Ohio State and Indiana in their region. Villanova's in their in that region. That obviously this is bracketology, so it's not an official. I'm I'm I'm, I'm ready for any of those teams you just said. Let's go play. <sighs> you have to beat Iowa. If you want to be in the final four, you have to beat Iowa. I'm comfortable with that logic. Okay, I'm just saying like. Oh. We'll shut that one girl down, and then we got him. Okay, that's. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the game plan for every team when they go play Iowa, and it just seemingly you, doesn't. You happen told me, time. you told me, and all the listeners. What I was about to say. I was about to say on this podcast. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> I Leland is embracing this role. I was about to say, look. Kenny Brooks is an excellent coach. Virginia Tech is having a fantastic season. That class is amazing. I, I don't know if they win the ACC tournament. And you're here saying, like, oh, Final Four. And I'm like, oh, God. All right. I don't think it's crazy to hope for that. It's, it, and it's, I think it's crazy to hope for that. Okay. Man, I hope you're wrong. God, it'd be awesome. I hope I'm wrong, too. I hope Kenny Brooks goes to the Final Four. I like Kenny Brooks. I Obviously, I like Virginia Tech, but... I just I tend to live a little more grounded than you do sometimes, and I think this is going to be one of those times where I think Duke you might be surprised. Team, and I think we just beat them twice. Isn't this a Virginia Tech team that was upset in the first round twice. last year? Like, can we pump? Can we say Sweet Sixteen first? Like, great, I'll take a Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, I would take a Sweet Sixteen. You're talking Final Four, and I we're talking about a team that was upset in the first round last year. Like, pump the brakes. Pump the yeah, brakes. We're, we're, we are better than last yes, year. Yes, we are, we're, but Sweet 16 will be better. Before Mr. That last year. Final Four, bring on Indiana, bring on Iowa. I'm ready to play Indiana. I, Iowa. Bring I on Stanford. Like, Indiana. what are you talking about? I haven't listened to much Stanford. I haven't paid much attention to Stanford this year. Well, they've won an NCAA championship not so long ago, so maybe. Yeah, no, that's, I'm, I notice I didn't start yelling, I'm ready for Stanford. I, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say anything about UConn either. Um, you got a game up at VCU on Wednesday, so I'll be I'll be tuning into that. 
Yeah, they play Richmond in the second half of that rivalry. They won the first half of that rivalry earlier in the season. Um, and now they'll play them again, and then they'll finish the season at LaSalle before going to the A-10 tournament. Uh, just been kind of a bumpy week for VCU's women's team. Uh, lost to Dayton and at St. Bonaventure and a couple hard losses. Uh, but they chug along and trying to get the best seed possible before the A-10 tournament. That's all I can do. Um, let's talk about probably what the biggest story in the state of Virginia and uh, kind of across the country it kind of took off. You know, as soon as they announced that Mac McClung was going to be in this dunk contest, I was excited. And, yeah. you know, we were talking about our coverage of high school basketball for the area and how that crossed paths with Mac McClung. And, uh, you know, we, the games that we covered with him included were memorable games. And uh, we called one of them, JMU was a state game, a state quarter or state semi. It's a semi. state quarter. That yeah, they, yeah, yeah, quarter, quarter. They played, uh, went to double overtime, I believe, against, at yeah. the time, Ari Lee High School at JMU. And one of those super sites, super sites is what they were called at the time. Um, yeah. Went to double overtime, survived that. And I think people were then aware that was that was his junior yeah. year. I got to watch him play. He was to have some of those videos online where he was dunking and, and yeah. even in-game dunks and all that. I had gotten to see him two years before that. His freshman year, they lost, I believe it was the state semifinal at the Siegel Center to Martinsville, who would be the state champion that year. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, the, there was the double overtime state quarterfinal Stanton win, yeah. And then they went into the state championship the following year, which was his senior year. And I do remember folks being like, Gate City ain't that good. They haven't played anybody. We beat them last year. And I was like, okay. And (laughs) it wasn't too long into that game that everyone was like, oh. And again, that was, I remember those Gate City games. Like, they were playing super sites and the reason they don't play a lot of super sites anymore is because they couldn't sell enough tickets in the eyes of the VHSL. Well, that wasn't the case with Mac McConnell. That wasn't the problem then. Yeah. Nope, because when Gate City was playing, that place was sold out. He sold out Radford uh, yeah. multiple times. He sold out the Siegel Center when they played uh, R.E. Lee. That, that thing that, sold out. That game sold out the game before. That place yeah, was that, sold out before then because the fire marshals were outside turning people away. That Saturday night at Siegel Center – the class two state championship was the prime game. You know, it was the seven oh, yeah. eight o'clock game. And it was what everybody was wanted to see. We're sitting there courtside where we're supposed to for radio across the way. There's Patrick Ewing. I mean, the energy, the, the just absolute electricity in that gym was awesome. And, and Stanton, a big part of that, you know, they, they were loaded with talent as well, but you know, that was gate city's night. That was Mac McClellan's night. You know, they're talking about his scoring record, breaking Allen Iverson, you know, just like just so much going on. And ever since that moment, he's absolutely been on a lot of people's radar from this from this area. We've talked about him nonstop. You know, his trip to Georgetown, his his time there, transferring out of there, going to Texas Tech, him leaving Texas Tech um, to go to the NBA. And I, I know we talked about questioning if, if it was the right move or not. And he's he's been up and down, you know, in the league, out of the league. He's only gotten in the games a couple times had this huge opportunity to be in this dunk contest and just get some folk camera focus. And, and, you know, the debate you and I had was, you know, will this help him get a chance? 
you know, his stats alone before he got into the dunk contest, Philadelphia moved him up. They wanted him from the Delaware team. They were already seeing his stats because they were in his in that system. They were seeing the stats he was putting in there. And that's what I was talking about. This can this dunk contest kind of highlight the good stats he's bringing and get him a chance. He already got that chance. But then, like Mac does at every single opportunity he gets, he had made the most of it on Saturday night in that dunk contest. And what I liked the best about it is that his approach and execution was old school great. He did it on the first dunk each time. We didn't watch him miss a dunk. He went up there, first try, nailed each dunk. And that's why he got the better. I mean, that's part of the reason he got good scoring. He only missed like two points, I think. Lisa Leslie gave him a 48 on something. Everything else was 50s across the board for the entire um, competition. And so he wins the dunk contest. Now everybody knows Mac McClellan's name if they didn't know it already. And absolutely just, it was. I was so excited for him. I was so excited about it. And this is me, a guy that at different times probably said, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm done saying I'm not sure about Mac. Whatever he says he's going to do, I'm going to watch him do it. And I'm going to, because every other time he, he does it, he, he is, um, you know, worthy of being in the NBA. Like we have seen him on the Lakers and the Golden State team. And uh, I think the Bulls picked him up at one point. Like he's deserving of that credit. The, the colleges he's went to has worked out. So I, I just loved every moment of it. I loved him. I loved how he acted within the moment. Um, you know, the confidence, but still, you know, not, not too much. You know, I, I just loved it. I loved how he honored Gate City. I loved everything about it. I love that he's getting this attention. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. And um, when they're talking, like you said, when they're on the broadcast and they're talking about like, oh, yeah, because Reggie Miller knew who he was. And but Kenny the Jet and Draymond are like, you know, I don't know about this guy. Reggie, you don't know well, what I think you're talking Draymond about. Draymond kind of knew him like knew a little bit. But Draymond wasn't Draymond wasn't was picking him for him. Yeah. And. Um, Kevin Harlan is on there, and Kevin Harlan's like, uh, you know, he broke Allen Iverson's scoring record. Can he jet? Can he this uh, Jet Smith's like, oh, really? And I am the Leonardo DiCaprio meme pointing at his TV, and I was like, I was there. I remember that. I know that. Um, <laughs> yeah. And um, so that was pretty exciting. <laughs> and yeah, like you said, uh, when he went for that first dunk. And I saw the kid on top of the other guy's shoulders. I was like, oh, man, this better work. Because otherwise, not yeah. only is that kid going to die, but this is going to be incredibly <laughs> embarrassing. Well, that was the Bradley but, kid, his teammate. But he clears him, then hits the ball off the backboard before awesome. dunking it. And I was like, when he did that, I was like, okay. I feel great about my $5 bet. As soon as it opened, <laughs> as soon as it opened for the dunk contest, I was like, ah, I'm going to bet on Mac because why not? Yeah. Me and too. and he won, and I was like, best $5 I've ever bet. And as, as like I said, like you said, he got it on the first try every time. And it was it was stuff, for the most part, that we hadn't seen in a, in a long time or if ever in a dunk contest. I don't know if I've ever seen in a dunk contest somebody jump over someone, hit the ball off the backboard, and then dunk it. Um, yeah. That was phenomenal. The 540 over somebody. Yeah, that was yes. incredible. Yeah, and that's true. On the last, was it the last dunk that he did that? He went yeah. over somebody and did a 540, and that was just. Yeah. And he did the old Vince Carter. It's over. I mean, yeah. just like, that's part of the dunk contest is you got to have a little, some showmanship. And he had it in the right form. He wasn't, it wasn't corny. It wasn't, 
you know, too much. It didn't take, it didn't like fill out time. Like, okay, let's get to it. It was quick. It was good. It had, it had showmanship and, and he understood, he understood the assignment and uh, yeah, it was awesome. It was just an awesome contest to watch. I, I do happy feel like him. if we didn't have this connection with Mac, I still would have thought that was exciting to watch. Yeah. I'm happy for him. I'm glad I tuned in. That's the first dunk contest I've watched in years. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I think Shaq, after it said Mac McClung saved the dunk contest because it had started to get stale and bad. It has and, been stale. Yeah. Um, Mac McClung kind of blew the roof off of that place, and the place was going nuts after the first dunk. And then after the first was dunk, it, it was like Union who was like, yeah, like kind of taken back. Like, and then after yeah, the first dunk, <laughs> when he goes up for the second dunk of the first round, everyone's like, okay, what's he got now? And then he puts another insane dunk in, and I think that was the forty-eight, and. Yeah. People were like, oh, I can't believe you got a 48. That was amazing. And then round two, it was just like every time he came up then, they were like, oh, what's what's next? What's next? And he always yeah. seemed to have another answer. And like you yeah. said, when when he's going for that final dunk and he puts on the Gate City jersey, I was like, that's awesome for Gate City. Like, yeah. that's that's really cool. And went in for that dunk. And I'm talking to guys who also paced, placed bets on Mac McClung uh, on our PS4 online party chat that we're we have your real uh, friends not me your real right friends. my real friends not leland and yeah. um we're talking because they're like oh yeah they're like because they asked they're like who'd you bet on for the dunk contest because they knew mac mcclung from when i talked about him covering him in the state championship and i was like i bet on mac mcclung and they're like do you really think he's gonna win i was like yeah sure why not so they're like all right fine so they put money on him and then after that first dunk my buddy goes all right cool <laughs> yeah. And then Not as they, when he put on the Gate City jerseys, like, what is that? And I was like, that's his high school. And he's like, yeah, we called a game with him in that jersey. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, oh, okay. And uh, he goes in for the dunk. And I was like, that's awesome. And because uh, I was like, you know what, man? Like, for the people in that town, like, oh, yeah. that's great. And I'm not saying like Gate City is a trash basketball team now that Mac McClung isn't there. Gate City has had good basketball teams uh, since Mac McClung, but yeah. I mean, not he's state championship. Peak, uh, the, yeah, not the, a state championship yeah. since Mac McClung, but they've had very good teams since he's graduated. And I would imagine once good places, yeah, yeah, once um, a team that has been accused of recruiting maybe is not in that classification anymore, Gate City could probably win another state championship. But um, it, it was so awesome, and, and that's got to be a great moment for for Mac and the entire gate city area. That's, that's and so awesome. And I'm happy for it. That's a level that I really like about it too, is that you hear so much about these kids transfer into the bigger school for more exposure and this and that Mac never transferred out of gate city. He stayed at his home high school, played it out, you know, experienced success there. But I mean, he's a great example for, you know, someone to mention to kids, like when you're talking about transferring out just to the private school, just so you can get exposure you know, there is roots to doing this without leaving your home high school. And and so Mac is a great example of that. Um, you know, obviously this, it didn't put him into, you know, he wasn't playing in the game on Sunday. He's not at that level yet, but he's gotten this exposure, this respect he's in the league. And, you know, if you're playing in the state of Virginia, playing in the league at some point is, is an absolute crazy feat. So like, we don't, we don't need to tear it apart. Um, and, and I love that it came from these viral videos of him jumping over people in high school to now doing it in front, like on the main stage for dunking, like the, the, the pinnacle of competition for dunking, even though the 
the opponents aren't what we used to see in the 80s and 90s. It's still, that's the best people that could they could put in the competition were there, and they were there, and he beat, he absolutely walloped them. There was no guessing who won, no judgment call. I mean, he absolutely dominated that competition, loved it. I I have to agree with Kevin Durant and stuff when during the skills competition, he's tweeting, why don't we get some all-stars in these things? I, I agree with that. Like, I I will say this is the first time I've cut on a NBA Saturday, okay. all-stars Saturday night. What? Oh, okay, Kevin Durant. Which competition were you in? No, I agree. Yeah, put your money where your mouth is. I'll, that, I'll that, that. That's I, my I, thing. I Shut up. Have, I don't like that. Yeah, I don't like Kevin Durant, and there was some other butthole whose first all-star game point. ever I, was like, oh, if they pay us more, maybe we'll try. Ah, look, I don't need the All-Star game. Go home. If you don't want to be there, go yeah. home. Yeah, I, I, that's what I kind of uh, would agree with. If you don't want to take part in something on Saturday night, then, you know, then Shut you should up. be playing on Sunday and you can go home. Um, because, I mean, that's what you're talking about, doing it for the fans, and that's what the All-Star weekend's all about. Then then perform. The, you're running around shooting three-pointers. I mean, not that the three-point competition is that badly um, – you know, it wasn't that long ago. Steph was still in it, and and Dame was in it. He won it. Um, you know, they do get some better names there, but in the other things, if they're going to have them, just go do them. Like, just just figure it out and go do it. One team that has three all stars, you're going to go be a team for the skills. Whatever, just like and lose. You might lose. No one like who cares if you lose the skills competition. No one cares that the Giannis team lost this year. Or whatever, like it just doesn't matter. Just go yeah, do it I and just... like do it for the fans. If you're going to have it, just do it. Don't bring in non All Star players for these All Star events. Yeah, I agree, and that's my thing. Like, unless it's Mac, Mac deserves his chance next year, no matter what I say. Yeah, well, and Mac <laughs> McClung said if they'll have him, he's back. Yeah, and I don't yeah, know how you sure. don't put him back in. After what he did, I well, don't know how you like, don't put him back. It's in. not like John Morant is coming to be in the contest next year. If John Morant and all the okay, top if level John guys Morant comes in, in, I still put him in. Still put him in there, but like, it's not going to happen. They're not going to come in there. It's still no, be that's no my thing when Kevin Durant says, oh, how about we get some all-star? I'm like, okay, well, I'm sorry, Kevin Durant. I must have missed where your name was on the slam dunk contest sheet. Yeah. Oh, wait. That's good. I, it wasn't. Like, I, I hate that. I hate fair that. Fair rebuttal, but I, I like the point, just not coming out of his mouth. Uh, well, but his point is mute when he's the one saying it and he's also not participating. Yeah, here's me saying it. I think they should have people that play on Sunday in those events. That's like Saturday. Kyrie Irving saying, oh, our politicians need to be more honest and straightforward and stick to facts. We're like, great point, Kyrie, but also the earth's not flat. Like, I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. Yeah, I don't have time for anybody thinking Dallas is all of a sudden a contender. Dallas Cowboys, Super Bowl next year. But, um... I'm at the Mavericks with oh. Kyrie, the topic that we're saying. <laughs> I'm yeah. excited involved in what we're talking about currently. Yeah. No, I don't know. <laughs> I agree. Or the Clippers. We're getting Russell Westbrook. All, all of a sudden makes the Clippers better. I don't. Yeah, I must have missed the part where Russell Westbrook was just having <laughs> oh. a breakout season. I mean, I, look, I don't follow the NBA intense. Yeah, I don't follow the NBA super closely, but I have followed it well enough to know Russell Westbrook. There was a reason the Lakers were having a buyout moment for him yeah. because he wasn't working and then, now it's like oh well he's on the clippers now well now he's great and i'm like okay plays with the best one of the best players of all time he changed one the locker room at the for the arena formerly known as the staples center oh okay well now he's gonna be an all-star again i'm like oh, okay plays lebron can't play all of a sudden he plays with paul george and now he's gonna be great yeah i'd say he's gonna play with Ka- Kawhi leonard but only in, only in the playoffs because Kawhi leonard's only gonna play 
like 25% of the regular season. Yeah. I also have to assume Paul George is still there. Um, That's true. I don't know. <laughs> I just realized I don't know. Um, all right. Uh, I guess D block time. I watched uh, a movie. You got a lot of sports in your D block. Um, I got one thing that's not sports. I want to hit us with first. I watched that movie, and if you're, you know, cruising around Netflix, especially with a, uh, um, you know, a loved one, uh, a wife or girlfriend or something like that, or whoever you want to watch movies with, and you might look at Your Place or Mine with Ashton Kutcher and Reese Witherspoon, two very likable actors. They've been in a lot of, False. you know, enjoyable. Ashton say, Kutcher yeah. is not likable. I am out. If Ashton Kutcher's in, I'm out. Many, many, many people find him likable. So that's that's who I'm talking to here. Joe is already not going to watch this movie. That's fine. But okay, here's two people that have been to romantic comedies. They've been in familiar things. This must be good. Well, they must have realized when they put these two people together in a room talking about, okay, what movie can we kind of do for you in Netflix? Because that's what all these streaming things do. We want you for a movie. They lock them in. And then they figure out what they're going to do. They just lock them into a bunch of money and dump money into these movies and then figure out what they're going to be. And some are better than others. All the streaming services do that. They must have realized Ashton Kutcher and Reese Witherspoon might be nice people. They have zero chemistry together. So they come up with this script that puts them on opposite sides of the nation, basically switch houses and lives to an extent um, for a week. And so that way they don't have to be in the same room and show that they have no chemistry and make a terrible movie because that's what they did and uh it was just not good no chemistry um they banked on these people being likable more than the story was going to let them be likable reese witherspoon kind of does some crazy weird things in this movie one of which absolutely could have been destructive to ashton kutcher's character and it was a driving force of the movie for two-thirds of the movie the middle, the whole middle of the movie is based on this crazy thing she's doing to Ashton Kutcher's life. And it should have been a huge, like, problem to solve at the end of the movie. And nope, it is just mentioned kind of literally in passing as they're on uh, stairway, um, moving sidewalks in an airport going opposite ways. It's just brought up, oh, my friend told me what you did. That's That wasn't nice. And then... That's it. That's how it got resolved. <laughs> it was absolutely bizarre that a main point of the storyline just got swept away uh, on moving sidewalks in an airport in the final scene. The only, you know, six minutes of the movie where they're on the screen at the same time together. So do not watch this movie. That is my recommendation is save your time. Don't if, if you're not Joe and you actually have enjoyed something that Ashton Kutcher has been in, this isn't going to be one of them. Same thing for Reese Witherspoon. She's in that you know, morning show on Apple TV. That's good. She was in other decent things. It just, it wasn't, it wasn't there here. So I know Joe can just rip this apart just based on Ashton Kutcher. That's fine. But other people feel differently. And if you are one of those, your opinions can be closer to Joe's if you watch this movie. Yeah. The one thing you didn't list for Reese Witherspoon's actually the thing I've liked her the most in is Big Little Lies on HBO. I thought that was yeah, she's good in that. Yep. Oh, that yep. was fantastic. She did a great job in that. But Ashton Kutcher, she's good in a lot of things. She is she's Legally Blonde. Yeah. I've seen. I haven't seen the other two movies you put on, or the TV show Morning Show or Sweet Home Alabama that you put on there. But um, yeah, Ashton it's, Kutcher. I mean, Sweet Home Alabama is just like a standard early two thousands uh, 
romantic comedy. Like, and it's not, I mean, it's not great, but like, she's a likable person in it. Like Ashton Kutcher being in something is the quickest way to make me not watch it. Like if you, if you have a commercial or a trailer and you're like starring Ashton Kutcher, you might as well say, Joe Deck, don't watch this. Cause I'll be like, cool. Thumbs up. Thanks bro. I'm out like that. If this was shark tank, I am so far out. As soon as they get into the pitch, we've got Ashton Kutcher. I'm sorry. You have Ashton Kutcher. And for that reason, I'm out. I don't care what the valuation is. I'm out. One of my favorite things he was in uh, was Guess Who, and that was with Bernie Mac. And uh, it was like a remake of the Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, and they kind of flipped the script where it's Bernie Mac, and his daughter is uh, Zoe Zeldana, who is usually someone I don't I mind being so in a movie. Zeldana, but okay. For visual purposes, like she's a very nice actor, actress. And, uh, but Ashton Kutcher is, you know, her boyfriend coming home and, you know, the, the racial dynamic of, of what that created. Um, and it's funny, like Bernie Mac is, it was kind of at the height of Bernie Mac and stuff. So it was like, I liked that movie, um, for what it was for one of those romantic comedies, crazy movies. Um, yeah, this just, this movie was just terrible. Like my wife fell asleep and I like let her sleep. And then the next day said, we're not going back. Like that was terrible. And she's like, that's why I fell asleep. So yeah, it is bad. This movie is bad. All right. You want to talk about your other sports thing or you want me to go? I want you to go for a minute. All right. Well, what was dominating my life this weekend is... You got me to be negative about something on the podcast. So yeah, I, I, I know. Time. Um, but <laughs> what was dominating my life this weekend is the NFL is over, which means it's time for the XFL. And the XFL, not bad. Um, I watched Orlando play... Not important, I guess. Houston. (laughs) And Orlando played Houston. And Houston beat Orlando, which made me mad. um, Because Paxton Lynch sucks at everything he's ever done. Um, (laughs) Who coached him before? Yeah, that was Justin Fuente's, like, shining moment. (laughs) Oh, Justin Fuente made Paxton Lynch. He's a quarterback whisperer. And I'm like, only if the word he's whispering is suck. Because he sucks. I sent something to you on Facebook. I'm not sure if you saw it or not, but it made me laugh. Somebody put the meme that Paxton Lynch is the only player to ever be benched in the NFL, CFL, XFL, and USFL. (laughs) Like, he's been benched in all of those leagues. Oh, we made a terrible hire. Oh, it set our program back so far. But um, Paxton Lynch is so bad. Um, but that's on me for betting on Orlando. I won't make that mistake again. Um, and then the game that was really exciting, though, and I texted you Sunday night, and you didn't text back because you must have been watching that great movie you were talking about. Um, it wasn't Sunday night. What was I doing on Sunday night? I don't know. You didn't respond. DC Defenders in the Seattle Sea Dragons was a phenomenal Bottom. game. That game had so many storylines. You had Ben DiNucci on Seattle, right? who apparently is from Pittsburgh, which is tells me a lot. Um, coming to play the D.C. Defenders. So you have all the JMU fans that might be D.C. Defenders fans that would be like, oh, yeah, I remember Ben DiNucci. That's cool. You have the D.C. Defenders fans who are maybe the rowdiest. Like you knew that. Whatever. You might have – they might be the rowdiest uh, fans in the XFL. Um, apparently, and I haven't seen why, but sec- – Stadium security at Audi Field decided to take away the beer snake 
that was the big hit last time the XFL pre-COVID. Um, now they're taking it away. The fans got really mad. And in Audi Field's infinite wisdom, they were giving like lemon slices, I guess, and waters and beers. I don't know. The fans somehow got a hold of lemons. That's all I know. Because then they start throwing them on the field. Some blue moons out there. They started throwing them on the field in protest of having the beer snake taken away, <laughs> which honestly I'm watching the game. I'm laughing because the DC defenders offense is putrid. Can't move the ball to save their lives. Um, the crowd throws lemons on the field. So they have to stop the game for a little bit, like not very long at all, like maybe a minute or two. Then they get things under control. How does Ben DiNucci respond after he's looked so good? Throws a pick six. And I was like, there's the Ben DiNucci. I knew that I knew and I was expecting to see in this game. Throws a pick six. The defenders all of a sudden are back in it. The crowd's going bananas. Um, unfortunately, the D.C. defenders had a quarterback who was not moving the ball. The starting quarterback could not move the ball. And their coach, who I think might be an idiot, um, the head coach, kept going to him. And then he put De'Eric King in, who was the backup. Now, The fact that he made him the starter, I'm not at practice. Maybe he looked better in practice, and that's why he went with him. Okay. In the game, he wasn't working. They go to De'Eric King. Well, now De'Eric King has a weapon that this other quarterback doesn't have, which is his ability to scramble. Seattle was not prepared for that. So he's running all up and down the field, throwing in some passes here and there, running up and down the field, terrorizing the Seattle defense. So naturally, um, you put the starter back in, and he throws a pick. (laughs) He throws a pick, and to which I'm screaming and texting things in my group text. Like, I didn't realize I bet on a bleeping idiot. And um, luckily, the D.C. defender's defense bails him out. They get another pick. D.C. scores. Uh, Derek King scores. And then on the two-point conversion try, he puts the starter back in again, who, guess what, incomplete. And I was like, oh, my God, please stop doing what you're doing. Derek King comes back in, scores a go-ahead touchdown. uh, Is trying to run out the clock. Put the starter back in one more time for him to throw one more pick. Seattle drives down the field. They're inside the five-yard line under a minute to go. Ben DiNucci starts, for whatever reason, Jim Hazlitt, who is the Seattle Sea Dragons coach, um, which that was another one I was like, oh, man. Forgot you were a person, um, but Jim Hazlitt's coaching Seattle. Ben DiNucci is like trying to scramble or run a quarterback draw, gets lost in the backfield. The ball gets punched out. DZ recovers. Never been a bigger Ben DiNucci fan of my life. Um, and the DC defenders hold on to win a thrilling XFL game on Sunday Night Football. Really happy with the DC defenders defense, who... Guess who their defensive coordinator is? I will give you a hint. He was involved in a DC? scandal. Oh, it's Greg Williams. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe. Like, honestly, I was like, man, they let you coach football still. How about that? Uh, but, <laughs> hey, man knows how to coach defense. Maybe there was a bounty on Ben DiNucci. I bet there was not a bounty on Ben DiNucci. I bet Greg Williams was like, no, whatever him, you do, <laughs> do not hurt him. Yeah, whatever you do, do not hurt him. Um, but – that was it. Was fun watching the DC Defenders win. That's gonna probably be my XFL team, um, just because they're the local team. But go Defenders! I forget where Heinz Ward went. Oh. He is the coach of the San Antonio Brahmas, who blew a giant, yeah. who blew a two-score lead to the St. Louis BattleHawks. 
And then, so like I have interest in what Heinz does. I probably will jump mm. on the DC wagon just because they're local, and I'm not usually a local fan. Um, what is it? Stoops is down in Houston, right? No, Hugh, Stoops is in Arlington. He's part of the Arlington. Um, I knew he's down there somewhere. Renegades, right. who they played well and they won a game um, with a comeback win against I don't know whoever they played. Vegas. Vegas um, Vipers. Yep. Yeah. I what I find weird, I watch two different sports who had the same thing going on, one on purpose and one by mistake. And then XFL, they have the commentators, but they also have like a audio feed of the offensive coordinator talking to the quarterback going on. Or the defensive and, coordinator. Yeah. Yeah. And um so like, you know, it's kind of like a race radio or something. Um, but like it's on purpose, and sometimes the announcer's kind of talking over them, but they're trying to get out of the way of that. I also watched TNT this weekend and and just for a minute on Sunday night while they're picking the teams, I just wanted to see like how that was working. Um, and TNT apparently had no control over the mics from <laughs> Shaq and Kenny and all these guys who were absolutely talking crap to each other and talking about crap about what's going on, not thinking they're on live national audio audience. Uh, so yeah, it's interesting to watch those two broadcasts, one on purpose, one on not, with background, you know, discussions that you're not sure you're supposed to be hearing or not. Uh, it's it's really interesting. I will say TNT this: I didn't, joke. I didn't watch the TNT All Star Game coverage. Oh, I don't know if that would have changed, even had they. That might be. They might have known, and they might not have cared. Those guys don't care. They've roasted players before. They don't care. <sighs> they, I honestly, from what I heard, there wasn't like there wasn't anything. I was like, okay, they're gonna have to apologize for that. Like, I was worried. I was worried. I love that. But, that's but see, that's what makes TNT great. I love TNT for that reason because those guys say some crazy stuff that makes you laugh. I love it. Um, I still think one of these premium channels need to honestly. I, mean, I would I watch would way more. Digital. I would watch way more NBA if they just had Shaq, Chuck, and Kenny. And Ernie. Combo in the background, yeah. Combo while I'm watching the game. Yeah. The Manning cast, but with those guys, would be absolutely good. Um, I mean, that's what they were trying on the TBS broadcast for the All-Star game. It was just the All-Star game, so I, I wasn't going to be there for that. Um, I was watching – the part that I was talking about was they weren't meaning to have them on the audio, and it was during the selections. But it, it was it was something. Um, that Honestly, that would have been – streaming no. networks or, you know, now that we're streaming everything, yeah. have an alternate broadcast – with with people, you know, yak after dark, you know, the equivalent of just like let them say whatever, like let them say whatever, like cursing and stuff. I, I know I don't I don't necessarily want to get them saying terrible things, but I don't think these guys really are going to say terrible, terrible things like let them cuss, though, and let them let them just be more natural, you know, still public speaking, but like knowing that they don't have to watch every single word. I, I listen to that all the time. I would too. I would, and especially if it was the inside the NBA crew, I would. Oh like, my gosh, I would love the hell out of that. That would be um, my way for NBA watching. Yeah, Dean Blandino does all the reviews for the XFL, which is something. Huh. All of them. Well, they're playing each game individually, though. Okay, they are. Huh. He's he's doing. Well, who's he on? Yeah, there was there was a couple where I was like, what are you talking about, dude? Like the DC Defenders benefited from a call that I was like, thank goodness, because there was one I was like, oh, there's no way that's going to stand. And Oof. he's like, well, we can't really see. So I guess the call in the field was this. So it'll stand. And I was like, yeah, it is. Um, 
Speaking of a referee, maybe not doing so well. I Ooh, got to before you do, before you do, before you do. I had a perfect transition, man. I Come know on. you did, but I want to tell you about the rule changes that since you didn't watch the XFL that you might be pumped on. I watched a little bit. They did the kickoffs. and the cook. The, okay, so you know the kickoffs are different. Yeah. Where you got to get it past the 20, but not in the end zone. And they're, otherwise they're they get it at the 35. They're up with the other 30, 35, yeah. Well, they get the ball at the 35 if you don't kick okay. it. Where's the, where is the team that's kicking lined up? I don't know. They're down on the other They're side. They're down of on the, the other side of the field. Yeah. I think that might be like the 20 and the 25. Because they're five yards apart. And the return guy's got to catch it at the 20 or something like that. So okay. it's to prevent people from getting their heads ripped off. Yeah. Um, Absolutely and then, full speed before you reach anybody for contact. Right. Yeah. When you punt, you can't, if you punt it into the end zone for a touchback or if you punt it out of bounds, the team gets the ball at the 35 as well. So it's to Ooh, the create. 35. Ooh. It's to create. Yeah. All touchbacks are at the 35. So it's to create. Yeah more special teams returns. And then the extra points. Yeah, no extra points. There's a two, one point, two point, and a three, I think a three-point mm-hmm. line. Yeah, it's like the one yard, the five yard, and the ten yard or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. I love the onside kick rule in the fourth quarter. Fourth and 15? Fourth and 15 from your own 25. I love that. Give that, inject that into my veins at college and high school and pro and the NFL. Love that. That should absolutely be a rule. If you can convert a fourth and 15, you get to keep the ball. And if you don't, the other team gets incredible field position. I I wish it wasn't just the fourth quarter. I wish that was period. Man, the the uh, cybermetrics will probably have you doing it every single time. I don't know. Yeah. If you have Patrick Mahomes, maybe. Maybe. Or Donovan McNabb. Um, no. So... You were speaking about a referee not doing very good. And speaking of that, here's my good transition. Okay. I did some refereeing this weekend for Little League Basketball. They were down a couple of guys that had been refereeing all year, and it was the last weekend of the regular season, and uh, they were begging for people, and I'll tell you, to get me out there refereeing, they must have been begging. I hated it. Absolutely hated it. And I think my daughter brought up a good point as soon as we got done. Because I was refing one game, the K through two kids, where you don't call much of anything um, other than the ball going out of bounds and just making sure the right kid gets it to throw it inbounds. And then I also did one in the league that I coach in, which they tried to make not make us do, but this was going to be a one-sided affair, so it really wasn't that big a deal. Um, the third through fifth grade uh, girls basketball. Um, I guess it's third and fourth. And, um, so there you're calling a lot of stuff. You're calling the walks, most all the walks and stuff, but still maybe just not to the T. And so that judgment of what to call and not to call absolutely drove me crazy. And especially with fouls and stuff. And I know the better team and and the older team that other older league that I refereed, I know one of the girls got fouled multiple times and I didn't call it because I just thought the ball was about to go in the basket. I was like, there's your reward. And then it didn't. And I felt bad. I I just don't think I did a very good job. I like to do a good job when I'm doing something, so I did not like it. My daughter's good point was, why don't you just referee the oldest league where you do call about everything, you know, call everything. And uh, while that might be valid, I didn't want the pressure of then having to call everything and, and getting something wrong. So why don't you just call? I, I am. Why don't you just call high school basketball? I am not going to do. I'm going to call it on the radio if if asked. Uh, otherwise, I'm not refereeing. I was talking with one of our local referees that, uh, you know, I, I'd say I'm friends with, but definitely have mutual friends. And uh, 
he's a better man than me. He can take that better than I can. So good for him. And uh, it's not for me. And I learned that. So I will not put the stripes back on anytime soon. And uh, I also think, you know, I, I haven't talked about my team much this year because uh, we didn't wear our black jerseys this year. We were in reds or whites. We had reversibles. And uh, it's just not the same as my my usual teams these past years. But no, it's been a great season. Uh, we're We're reaching our like I said, that was the last week of the regular season. Now we have our playoff game. We have one makeup here Thursday night. We're going to get a, a a night game in the high school gym, which is going to be kind of cool for the girls. But then on Sunday, we will have the championship at 1 o'clock at Riverheads for the best third and fourth grade girls basketball team with both my daughters on the team. And we're playing the uh, the team that's undefeated this season, so we're hoping to knock them off. And uh, I'm excited for – the regular season, the, the season to end and uh, let these kids move on to some spring sports. And uh, it's been a good group, though. And and we had seven players and one got hurt. So we've been going the whole rest of the season with six. And uh, I got a couple that I wouldn't project to be on the high school team later in their basketball careers. Um, I got a couple of those. But it's been fun trying to get the most I can out of them and while having them have fun. And uh, so it's been a good year. And um, seeing my daughters get better. That's where I think I'm done coaching. I, I think I'm done. My oldest, I'm going to let her get coached by somebody else after this because uh, I think I've given her all I got, and uh, hopefully she can get better than I'm going to get her. So uh, that's my decision there. But I also got a little boy going to come into that K through two league next year, so I'll probably pick that up. So I'll, I'll probably stay with the young kids as long as I can and then be ready to clap for the older kids as, as Peyton gets older and hopefully continues to want to play. All right. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Sorry. I will say, while we're touching this subject, and I probably should have brought it up earlier, watch out for Stewart's Draft girls basketball coming up. They just won the middle school tournament. Their JV team was pretty good, and their younger leagues have been pretty good. I'm just giving Stewart's Draft some heads up that I think they have some quality girls basketball ahead of them coming. A lot wow. of talent. Yeah. I'm sorry that I wasn't aware that you were being a referee. I would have gone and heckled you. <laughs> now, luckily, at Riverheads, you know, that's where I went to high school, there's enough – fathers of kids playing in these leagues that I went to high school with people gave me crap. Don't worry about that. I got that. At least it was mostly, uh, all that I took in was good natured. Um, but, uh, even the assistant coach in one of the games yelled that we needed a different referee. Cause, Oh, I messed up the call. I, I, I thought that I just reacted that the teams were going the opposite ways. I knew it was out on white, but I thought it was going to stay here, oh my but it was not out. on. It was out on white, but it mean, meant that ball had to go the other way. And I had to say it three times to get it right. So she yelled that we needed a replacement. I agreed. I told her to come out there and do it. Love it. Um, She's actually the one I'm coaching against on, in the championship on Saturday. So oh, wow. That's not <laughs> we get along fine. It's a, it's a good league. We're all about just getting all these kids That's better bad. and, uh, staying in the league and have fun, but man, I want to beat them this week. A true rivalry. Um, <laughs> what I know that you need to know is I texted you get ready for soccer talk. And when I texted you that, that was 15 minutes into the first leg of the round of 16 match for Liverpool against Real Madrid. It's a rematch of the champions league final from last season where we lost a heartbreaker to Real Madrid. Um, we were up two nil. Scored a great goal early in the fourth minute with a cheeky back heel from Darwin Nunez. And then the second goal in the 15th minute was uh, the goalie for Real Madrid. Coutois went to clear it, slipped. Salah ran in, kicked the ball straight in the net, empty net, 
2-0 Liverpool. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. We have played like crap in the Premier League. Maybe Jurgen Klopp knew Premier League's not going to happen this year. Let's just throw all our eggs in this Champions League basket, win the Champions League, which I'm all for. Um, however, shortly after I texted you that, the wheels started to fall off the wagon. And uh, Vinicius Jr. scores a pretty rocket shot. And I was like, okay, game on, 2-1. And then the Liverpool keeper, Allison, goes to clear it, clears it right off of Vinicius Jr. straight into the goal. And I was like, all right, awesome. 2-2. Going to halftime. Open the second half. Shortly into the second half, there's a free kick. Real Madrid sends a free kick right off the guy's head, straight into the goal. It's 3-2. I was like, uh-oh. And then it was 4-2, 5-2, and I stopped watching. It sounds watching. like you're watching a Wrexham game. Oh, my gosh. I was just like, I was getting so depressed watching. I was like, damn it. And I was just like, we can't have nice things. Liverpool just got crushed. And I just hated it. I hated every bit of it. Um, it really puts a, I mean, they're not out. They've got the second leg in Madrid still to come in a few weeks, but it just really, really doesn't feel like it's going to happen. And the problem is going to be that they're eighth place as of today in the Premier League. So they're, I, I don't see this team turning it around and finding a way to get the, this, the win, frankly, the wins they need to qualify for Champions League. So at that point, you're going to need help. And I just, I really, really don't think that they're going to be able to do that. Like, this is not a top four team. They're not going to come back and beat Real Madrid in the second leg. Um, and so they're done. Like, they're done. And that sucks because I, the other funny thing that maybe you will think is funny and maybe you won't, I don't know. Um, Manchester I mean, City. Soccer, so you, have to, you have to figure out if I'm still listening or not. Right. Manchester City and Nottingham Forest were playing each other in a match. I think it was a Premier League. Oh, Nottingham. Um, I figured you'd like the name, if nothing else. But Nottingham Forest a while Relative back had won a European championship. Forest. It's what the Champions League is. It's now, at the time, uh, it was called the European Championship. Now it's called Champions League. But Nottingham Forest has won one of those. Manchester City has never won one of those. So during this Premier League match in which Manchester City is by far the better side, the Nottingham Forest fans start chanting, um, you're never going to win in Europe. You're never going to win in Europe. Um, you'll never be able to say you're European champions. Um, and the Manchester City fans said, you weren't even born. That was their response in the sing song was, you weren't even born. And which for some of those fans might be true, but it was only 43 years ago. So probably a lot of those people were born and alive and remember it. But the Nottingham Forest <laughs> response to that was, you won't be alive. <laughs> I, just, I love that because, because my brother has said that to friends who are Vikings fans. Um, <laughs> and uh, 
he has a friend who is a Vikings fan and just uh, had a daughter not too long ago. And uh, my brother had told him, he goes, man, just think your daughter is never going to see the Vikings win a Super Bowl in her lifetime. <laughs> to which this guy was like, whoa, what are you trying to say? And my brother's like, I'm saying the Vikings won't win one <laughs> in a, ever. hundred years. Because <laughs> after he explained, he's not saying his daughter's going to die in like two years. Um, Jeez, dude. <laughs> After he realized that when wasn't the point of the joke, like that. <laughs> yeah. Once he once he realized that that wasn't the joke being made, um, yeah, the classic joke of mortality <laughs> rate. But um, yeah, we might be getting back after dark territory here. Yeah, we're getting close. But it's fine. Um, so I I saw that and I laughed. I sent it to my brother and he was like, "That's funny." Um, because we don't like Manchester City. Um, so that was, that was funny. Shout out to the Nottingham Forest fans for, uh, and that's something that they honestly, that is where European fans are better than we are as fans. They, they come up with those songs and it, here's the thing, Leland, it took zero, like everyone knew the response. As soon as the Manchester city fans did their thing in a response, the Nottingham Forest fans were like, oh yeah, well you won't even be alive and saying it like right away. And I was just like, how do they all know what to say? I love it. How do they all know what to say? They're I don't know the if they like meet. The game. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know if they when they're at the bar, the pub before the game, and they're like, okay, if they say this, this is what we say. Like, I don't know if they do it like that. If they do, that's brilliant. That's something we could never do. The closest thing we have, I saw someone say, the closest thing Americans have to this is like college football, where the fan bases are just rabid and yeah, uh, yeah, get into that stuff. Um, but it's not. The sing song is not like in European soccer, but and there's I mean, certain parts of it that I, I appreciate that we're not like European soccer, like the hooligans. But I know we don't have it across the board, but like what they do in Portland and Seattle and Ohio, even it's a MLS little bit better like, in there. Yeah, no, it's, but it's, that's it's not the same as England. Not trying to put it up there, but like they they walk in that same footprint. Yeah, they're the closest thing in terms of soccer that we I don't have like to it. that. it's cool to watch like when there's a portland game on i'll leave it on the tv for a minute to like all right let me see what these fans are up to like because there's all the noise going on but that's fans. why i like like the xfl like the dc defenders fans i didn't love the throwing the lemons on the field but i also didn't love seeing security taking away the beer snake i didn't see what was hurting anything by having the beer snake i thought that honestly i thought that was like a cool organic thing that happened and i was like that's fun let them do it i'm I'm glad these teams are playing in the city that they have on their jersey. I do appreciate that. Yeah, the USFL will be different, I think, in April, but whatever. Worry about that when it comes. I just, I can't, I, can't, I don't. XFL. I don't think three leagues is going to be sustainable. I think it, we're going to see. I think the USFL will die. I think the XFL will probably survive. The XFL tends to have better. Getting pushed by ESPN helps. I know ESPN. Yeah, it tends to have better right? coaches better players um the and rock. i you love the rock don't you i don't love the rock but the rock and ashton kutcher support this league right if ashton kutcher supports this league i will really be upset um i thought you hated the rock that's why i'm saying this crap yeah i don't love the rock but i don't like i'll deal um ashton kutcher would be maybe a bridge too far oh i forgot to mention this uh, the coach. Oh, I side. Ashton Kutcher does really good things for like some human rights stuff. I will point that out while we're debating Great. Ashton Kutcher's worth. 
he has done some great things for human rights up. I just want to put that out there for anybody. That's Thanks for being a human awesome. being, Ashton Kutcher. That almost uh, yeah, is I mean, forgivable. Legit well, he has to because he has thing. to do something to make up for those terrible movies and shows. Fair enough. As long as we're acknowledging he's doing something good on this earth. I wanted to make sure we threw that out there because that is a pretty good thing he's doing. Great. Doing um, Wade Phillips is coaching the Houston team. Oh. <laughs> Maybe him and... Uh, your boy that used to coach in New York that you didn't know still existed should get out. No, no, no. That's in Seattle. Jim Haslett. Haslett. Yeah, but he Jim Haslett has been Danucci and Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon is in this league. Good luck. Do you remember AJ McCarron? I think I remember his girlfriend. Okay, well, AJ McCarron's playing <laughs> for the St. Louis Battlehawks. Or no, no, no. I'm thinking of a different McCarron. AJ McCarron's the announcer now, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's actually calling the games. There's another McCarran that plays for the Battlehawks. Oh. McCarran is who, uh, what's his face, made the comment about Brent Musburger. Brent Musburger. <laughs> that was like the last time he did a college. They football showed the girlfriend it. in the stands, and he's like, that's that's why everybody wants to be the quarterback. <laughs> that's that's why he doesn't do college football games anymore, isn't it? <laughs> but yeah, I like it. I love with this. I loved week one of the XFL. I'll watch week two of the XFL, too, when I get a shot. I, t- I turned it over there. I mean, I uh, the reason I talked to you Sunday night is I think I cut the race on because there was, like, minimal yeah. laps left. That's what I usually pick up a race. And after refereeing two basketball games, uh, I might have taken a little siesta. Um, a, a long enough siesta that I have no idea what happened at the end of that race. I've heard about it, but, like, I didn't at the time. And I didn't really care to go find out either. It, it hit my ears days later. I just racing is dead. NASCAR racing is dead. I don't, I just can't get into NASCAR anymore. Hey, I watched the first episode of the golf, uh, equivalent of drives to survive. And, uh, I liked it. It was good. I heard bad things. I will not be watching full swing. Uh, I liked what I saw. I've watched more golf over the past few weekends than I think I have in my entire life before, but no, Episode one was fine. I It kind of made me feel like the feeling I had in watching the F1 series, like season two and three or whatever I've watched since then, uh, because then I was somewhat aware of what's going on. Like season one, I had no idea what was going on and who was what and anything. And I felt not lost, but just like everything was new with golf. I know these guys. I know how many majors, you know, around what they have and stuff. So like when they're explaining stuff, I was like, I already know this. And that, but like, I, I enjoyed it. I, I liked it. I like seeing like the behind the scenes relationship stuff. I'll, I'll probably talk about it more in the future. So I don't want to kill that now, but I watched episode one and I enjoyed it. No. Um, but on <laughs> FX, on FX Saturday it's night, stupid. it's going to be stupid. I'm telling you it is. Uh, you can also watch Thursday night, by the way, Thursday night at nine o'clock, Battlehawk Sea Dragons game to coach. at nine o'clock. You do. I'll be still on the on the coaching high after the big victory. Well, then you can tell your kids this is what greatness looks like, and you flip on FX and tune into the XFL. Um, Did you say Ben DiNucci will be on there that night? He will. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to watch that crap. I guess he's not betting on Ben DiNucci. Um, <laughs> Saturday is the DC Defenders, also on FX. Saturday Night Football against the Vegas Vipers. So mm-hmm. let's go defenders second week in a row. They've made us a doggy. So just chase your into that. Brahmas and I'm, guardians. Far, it looks like we should bet the under. Um, perhaps. 
Um, <laughs> although the over did hit in the Defenders game. After after that Super Bowl where it hit the over and everybody was happy, and now here's an entire league of under. The Brahmas and Guardians play on Sunday, as well as the Renegades and Roughnecks. What up, brah? Well, that's your Heinz Ward. Also, I will say this. I think San Antonio is the lamest name. I know they did that right. to honor The Rock, and The Rock probably made him change that name. That's lame. Yeah. All right. I guess I should wrap this up now. You should. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed this edition of XFL Weekly. Um, I mean, the Yak Sports Podcast. But also, XFL, if you need a sponsor. I'm not against the XFL. I just am. Um... I just wasn't as bored on board this weekend as you were. Let's get so on board. Oh, I mean, I put it on there. I switched by it a couple times, and that's fine. DC Defenders. I'm giving my wife a break. DC Defenders, <laughs> one, let's go. One week break. I don't know the name of our head coach, but Greg Williams is our D coordinator. Let's go, DC Defenders. Um, Greg Williams has never done anything bad in his past. That'll you do know it how much for this episode. XFL ratings be if they would just play their week one in between on that off week before the Super Bowl, and then have a week off. I don't care. That Get, would be I stupid. Mean, that, everybody's begging for football Leland, that weekend. That would and be they even stupid. Put a Pro Bowl in there that's worthless. Instead, put the XFL that there. That would and be some ratings. incredibly stupid. That is the I don't know, worst play idea the next you weekend. have ever play on had Saturday on the next week. Everybody begs for the Super Bowl to be played on a Saturday. Put your XFL games all on Saturday and then give the Sunday to NFL. Oh, that might be the worst. Watch the ratings roll in. That's the worst idea you've ever had. Um, and you're two weeks into the season. Not, you're, not, you're not asking people to come out initially that after the Super Bowl. You already have them. I don't think Audi Field had a problem with attendance. The small soccer stadium? Yeah, I bet they didn't. Well, that's I'm not a soccer stadium. Out. I don't care about people showing up to the like, stands. No one cares about who comes. 20,000 people. ratings are all that they care about. TV ratings. What are you talking about? Attendance at the, in the stadium? They played these games in the year 2000 with no one in the stands. They do not care how many people show up to the stadium in D.C. at the like. If they did, they'd play in a bigger venue. 20,000 shows up. Shows up to the channel clicker. The channel clicker. That is. I think that was my nickname when I was two. <laughs> that is something. My parents said they had a second kid because they didn't have a remote. <laughs> well, I haven't. I mean, I guess we'll see. I don't know if they've. And I will say, my mom yet. commented on your parenting uh, critique of her uh, last week. So, heads up. <laughs> Which one you was might that? have moved down the rankings of her favorite Yak Sports hosts. Which. I don't even remember what I said. You're gonna have to remind me. Yeah, it was something. It was like my Valentine buying as a fourth grader, and you uh, said that was bad parenting. That something, something in there like that. It happened. Luckily, it's recorded and posted on the internet. So. I don't remember this. I think you're. I think <laughs> when I said it, I don't remember it being about your mom's parenting. I thought I was talking about your parenting. Um. I was analyzing. I only told stories of me. I didn't, my kids aren't doing crap for Valentine's other than the standard Jurassic Park Valentine's at preschool. Like, I didn't say anything about them. Oh, it was something about you and your girlfriend or something. Wasn't no, the number one pencils was in there somewhere. You were really excited about those number one pencils. Yeah, I do remember the number one pencils. I don't remember anything else. Um, I don't listen to myself when I do this, so. 
Maybe you should live in a box under a bridge. Maybe I should. That's what my that's my that's what my family was afraid that you would say about my refereeing after I did it. That now I was going to deserve to live in a box under. Well, a bridge. I wasn't there. I didn't get to see it, but I will you say this: assume. if you didn't do a single TV Teddy kind of like like kind of move or like jump i called no jump no in the block what i did do uh, oh. sarcastically a couple like tipped ball situations like instead of like a foul on the block it was a tipped ball and i did that and i got one of the coaches to laugh at me so that was good if you didn't do like an emphatic jump in the air when you called well, one the of block, the coaches josh laporte coach laporte's husband was one of the coaches uh it was all people i know it's all these people i know in this league that i've been coaching in did you jump in the air when you called a block and like dropped your fist down to your hips i did actually sarcastically call a block one time but i didn't get into it like it's oh that's a missed opportunity no you jump in the air you jump you blow your whistle super loud jump in the air do the block call and go block two two shots I put somebody online. I got, Look I for I got the cameras. Look for the cameras. That's TV Teddy. Neither game I called was competitive, so oh. I had to I had to manage the game a little bit. That's the ref show. That's why people came. Um, you let them down. <laughs> it sounds like that's disappointing. Hey, that ref shirt was form fitting. That was the show <laughs> I was putting on. It was size child large i believe it was i love <laughs> <nothing> <laughs> the imagination <laughs> i love that well the post christmas filling out of a shirt was happening we'll be back to hopefully be talking about buffalo gap boys basketball and buffalo gap girls basketball and stanton. uh stanton boys basketball still chugging along in the region tournaments making their hopefully way to state tournaments hopefully um be sure to tune in next week we'll talk all about those And as Leland said, we're wrapping up the winter sports, getting ready for spring sports in a few weeks. We'll have all of that for you on the Yak Sports Podcast. We'll be talking more college basketball, more XFL for sure when the D.C. Defenders get another win um, as they're being hated on by the national media because nobody respects D.C. Um, But we respect them because we're the D.C. Defenders. So let's go. Give it up for your defenders, Leland. There we go. They're not the. It's better than the commanders, I guess. Commandos. Commandos. Um. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Well, you can find us on Twitter at Yak Sports Pod. That's Y A C Sports Pod. Facebook search Yak Sports Pod or email us yaksportspod at gmail dot com. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Yak Sports Podcast. Until next week, folks. Enjoy the nice weather that we're having right now and hopefully we'll continue to have for the rest of the week. Less wind. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.